I was in my room studying and I heard scratching in my door and I kept on hearing scratching in my door and I got really pissed because I thought it was my stepdad playing a prank on me. He always used to joke around with me. You know, I'm trying to study. I keep hearing it and I open the door. No one's there. Go to go to my parents' room and I go to my stepdad. Don't do that. You're scaring me. And he looked at me extremely puzzled and my mom was like, what the fuck? Like, what's going on? And I looked at my stepdad and his like look of just complete confusion scared me even more and i was like stop doing that you're scaring me you're scratching my door don't do that and he was completely confused he looked puzzled and he's like mija if i'm playing with you if i were scratching at your door i would tell you i was doing that let me tell you i've not left this room Hey all you Holly weirdos, even though Los Angeles is struck again with another lockdown, it hasn't stopped us from being a little weird with our new installment of our Listener's Tales series part 8. We were given some quite interesting and creepy tales, some in which I thought Bryce wasn't going to finish reading because he was that scared. We have a couple of tales and one recording that will definitely make you sleep with not only one or two nightlights on, but possibly with a circle of salt around your bed. Let's listen to one tale of what it's like to dine with ghosts. Also, what happens when one of our listeners picks up an old woman who tends to be from the other world? And another one that is a second installment or an update from a past listener's tales of little things. Sometimes our loved ones still come back to reassure us that they're okay. And finally, a recording from one of our listeners that you just previewed earlier about what it's like to live in a haunted house in Los Angeles. Who is the man in black that is seen in the bottom of the stairs? Let's get scared, let's laugh, and let's hear the fear in Bryce's voice as we get Holly Weird with our part eight of our listeners' tales. paranormal and if you're on patreon you are lucky because you get to see our beautiful faces (laughs) so uh, (laughs) hey i showered for this (laughs) i did as well look at us (laughs) wonderful oh you do look very very well kept sir i'm liking the 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 beard it's nice because it's like covered by a mask so i can kind of do whatever i want it's great (laughs) are you gonna decorate it for christmas no do the glitter beard no glitter beard, because once you glitter beard, your whole house is glitter forever. You cannot get that out. So Glitter is the herpes of crafts world. It, it is just, it gets everywhere, and it's a pain to get out. So what's the worst is, like, you'll wake up, and there's, like, glitter in your eye, and you're like, I did this, like, six months ago, like, and it's still there. Yeah. I remember that um, I, I was working on this major craft project in my old apartment, and this is way back in 2009, oh my God. and I remember, <laughs> <laughs> I was, like, making these, like, glitter hairpins and oh my god to the day that i moved out i would still find glitter in the crevices of that apartment and i remember telling the old tenant you know 
legend goes that the glitter <laughs> soul lingers around there, surfaces sometimes, okay. gets in your eye. <laughs> that is a good legend. In the paranormal yeah. world, it's residual woo woo woo. So oh, God, yeah. <laughs> I'm getting something. It's glitter. It's glitter. There you go. Well, guys, um, we are back at it for another Listener's Tales episode. We have quite a few stories, and we have a recorded one from our friend Jenny, and I am so excited for you guys to listen to it because it takes place in South Los Angeles in a very old home, and uh, we're going to call it The Man in Black, and it is a very, very creepy tale. I listened to it when she sent it to me, and I think it was like I finally listened to it like around two a.m., two thirty, because now my new bedtime is three a.m. since I can't sleep anymore. <laughs> Definitely like kept me up. Yeah, till four yeah, or five I had to in the morning. To it on like you know how you can like fast forward. I did it on like one point five speed because I was like, oh my god. It's <laughs> Thirty seconds later, I'm still terrified. Like, why? Are you so- <laughs> I don't know. It is a great story. It's really great. So we have an update from another one that Bryce will read first. Yes. Um, I don't know if you guys remember. It's from one of our listeners, Erica Stevens. Thank you so I'm, much. Yeah. Um, so she is sending us another update about um, the little things that she would experience from her uh, past loved ones. And then we have another awesome one from another yes. listener by the name of Connie. Um, what it's like to go eat lunch in a haunted jail yeah there's like five words that i hate in that sentence (laughs) haunted jail Mm. i love lunch though so i know i mean it depends what kind of lunch you're eating maybe that's the key to all of this like if i get a sandwich then i'm fine (laughs) you're scared no i have a sandwich i'm fine and then we have one from i believe it's from denise alvarez and um she ends up picking up a, you know, an unusual old lady off the side of the road. Yeah. <laughs> Bryce is like, there's several words that I feel very yeah. uncomfortable with no, in that sentence. <laughs> so Bryce is definitely going to read that. You guys are going to definitely encounter Bryce's facial expressions. The reason to why I can't contain my laughter at times. <laughs> So if you're on Patreon, guys, you get to witness this. And just as a little preface as well, if you want to be a highly weird producer, you can by donating as little as $1 or more per month. It has helped us out tremendously to get, yes, yes, to, you know, make sure we have our hosting site available, that we have our website running, that we also get goodies in the mail for you guys when you do sign up. So that all is a contributing factor as well. Yes, thank you. Yes, guys, and um, we really thank all of our patrons and all of our new ones for joining us. We really, really do appreciate it, especially during this time. It amazes us that you guys still donate, and we really, really do appreciate it. We truly, honestly do. Now, let's start with the first story, Bryce. Jump right in. Let's just jump right in. Ladies first, of course. Yeah, it's real. (laughs) All right. So this one is just called some things. <laughs> some little hey, things. Just some things. Hey friends, today I have an update to part of the story I sent in months ago. I wrote this into a different podcast a while ago, but as of today, I have an update. Breaking news. Here's some backstory. <laughs> so my life has been pretty blessed. I grew up with both sets of grandparents, and even my great grandmother was alive and well. My mom's mom, Barbara 
and dad would write family newsletters or simple messages and sign them off with 143, 1-I-4-L-O-V-E, love, 3-U. My mom's mom was also an avid gardener. Her favorite flower she grew was purple iris. In February of 2007, my grandmother, my mom's mom, was taken to the hospital after years of battling ovarian cancer. She steadily drifted into an unconsciousness while there. My sister, my mother, my aunts, and my grandfather and I kept around-the-clock vigil near her. My aunt Kay is very much into sewing and quilting, and while we were there in the hospital, she had a bag of fabrics with her. Even though my grandmother was unable to respond, my aunt was speaking to her about things that would, she would do when she got out and she was feeling better. She was describing the silk material my cousin had sent that had peacocks all over it. Ultimately, though, my grandmother wasn't getting any better. She would not be home again. We were informed by the hospital care worker that there was nothing more that could be done but to make her as comfortable as possible. Oh. Her hospice stay was then set up, and a couple of paramedic transport workers came in to help her be moved into hospice. God, hospice is, like, such a godsend. It's like, they are true yeah. angels. I love them. They are. Like, my grandpa was on hospice, and, like, the difference it made, it, people just don't appreciate them enough. Tangent. <laughs> um, <laughs> I don't remember the name of the man, but the woman's name badge read P. Cox. Patricia Cox. Oh, my God. What? A coincidence. That's crazy. We spent mm -hmm. the next several days in hospice, all huddled together around her. On February 7th, she passed away. Her memorial service was on Valentine's Day. Aww. Mm -hmm. Several years later, in July of 2010, a storm came through one night. My parents' home had damage and a huge tree fell. The tree went down in such a way that not much was impacted. But had it fallen any other way, it would have come through the roof and or severely hurt or killed my parents. Surveying the tree area, my mother happened upon a single purple iris in full bloom. Spooky. Ugh. <laughs> uh, skip to 2016. My father's mother, her health is also now declining. Due to location, my parents became the go-to helpers for her and for my grandfather. My grandmother had Alzheimer's and was placed into a care facility. My mother was able to assist and help her more, and she would frequently be with her. My grandmother was staying in room 143, where she would pass away. Ugh. Mm -hmm. Directly outside her room was a painting of purple irises. What? Ah, sometimes spirits remind us that they are still with us. So that's all the backstory. So now this is now update. Mm -hmm. And we read, I, I remember we read yes. the story yeah, a while ago. So we just wanted to bring it up again for all of our new listeners. Because it's it a great story. weirded me out then because that is crazy. <laughs> um, so this is the update. Today, oh, sad. Today, my father's father was laid to rest in a very small service. He had been unwell for a while, but his death was unexpected. Oh. There was no real emotional preparation for it, unlike with my grandmother's cancer for one and Alzheimer for the other. He passed on 9-2, I suppose, uh, September 2nd, sorry. I suppose my family has been processing his passing well enough. He truly had a wonderful life, and I am a firm believer in our souls passing on to the other places or existences. Oh, that's mm. on the way to the funeral. I spotted a huge red truck with the image on the side. It was of Santa Barbara, the patron saint of artillerymen and gunners. My grandfather had served in the Korean War in the artillery. He never spoke of his time in the military ever, and we only discovered the information when a cousin of our very large family had done research into our genealogy. 
Additionally, my aunt, mom's sister Kay, who was the peacock aunt, had stitched an image onto a sweater for my youngest daughter, sent it to my mom, and my mom gave it to me today when she saw us. It's an, an abstract peacock. Oh. Yes. She Whether sent us the pictures. Very beautiful. Mm-hmm. Whether yeah. it's true or not, it does help my family find strength when we see something that brings us back to past loved ones. Oh, I love that. It is it's such a great story. You know, sometimes the paranormal is not all, like, dark and negative. You know, it could be so full of life right. and light and love. So, you know, and it just goes to show you that. Sometimes it's just, we've talked about this before, but it is just kind of, like, about communication and mm-hmm. making their presence known. And, you know, of course, like, sometimes that is by, like, rattling or disrupting or, like, things that we perceive as very scary. But mostly it's still our loved one like that spirit isn't different just because it's like on a different plane so like Mm -hmm. the best way to communicate would be something that we would recognize as like attached to them so oh that's so sweet i am sorry to hear about your grandfather so recently but thank you for sharing that that was awesome thank you for sharing that erica that was such a sweet sweet story and we hope that you and your family are are doing well for condolences seems seems like they're doing you know as best as can be expected in like such a sad sad circumstance screw 2020 i tell you girl that is the. i know now we're gonna um move forward to another story and i absolutely love this story i absolutely want to hang out with connie because i i'm just I reading her story, I'm like, this is my girl right here. Uh, so this one is called Eating um, an Unusual Lunch in a Haunted Jail. Mm-hmm. <laughs> feeling okay. good, right? Feeling good? Yeah. Yep, feeling what if they were like feeling some things? Okay. All right. So this is from Connie Moreno. I was visiting some friends in Hanford, Connecticut, and we got to talking about ghosts great topic they told me about an old jail that had been turned into a restaurant and reportedly it was haunted i immediately stated that (laughs) (laughs) why wouldn't it be hi this restaurant used to be a jail oh so it's haunted okay how about this this is a haunted jail perfect place for my restaurant can't can't fail serve up some risotto on a Ouija board put in a moosh boosh on a planchette (laughs) you know there you go Immediately, I stated that I wanted to check this place out, so we agreed to visit the following day, my girl. Now, the next day, we went into town, and we made our way to the restaurant. I was disappointed to see that they were closed, but one of my friends noticed that there were people inside, so she knocked on the glass. One of the employees came over and opened the door to see what we needed, and that's when my friend asked if we could take a look around. And they promptly pointed me out and informed the employee that I loved ghosts. Yeah, if it was me in the group, you can obviously make, you know. Right. Yeah. <laughs> that it's statement. It's on my hand. With the, you know, ghost earrings and everything, yeah. you know, not obvious. Now, the employee let us in, gave us a brief history of the place, and then told us that everyone who works in the restaurant becomes a believer within the first two weeks of employment. Oh, my God. No. Oh, yes. I believe, I believe, I believe there's a lot of ghosts in this restaurant. All right. So we were all wide-eyed at the statement. And then she offered to give us a brief tour. Woohoo! 
off we went upstairs through the rooms downstairs it was all very interesting she said um she had to get back to work but she said she should check out that we should check out the solitary confinement area before we left you know, it's already, you know, pointing uh, out to a really bad horror movie, like, uh, and they go to the solitary confinement, and then they're kept, in the, like, you know, against their will yeah, in the basement. Why not? You get shut in, and then you're yeah. harvested for the protein for the restaurant. <laughs> it's fine. It's hostile, part five, the movie. Oh, right? <laughs> now, she pointed us down to a hallway and told us that once we were done, we could exit out the back door. So we went down the hall and found three of four tiny cells that now could be reserved for a cozy dinner. <laughs> Each contained one very small table and two chairs. Imagine, Bryce, if you were given the opportunity to go on a date with this guy and then it happens to be a haunted jail and then you're like told, oh, I found this really cozy spot in solitary confinement. What would be your response? I mean, like, look, I probably still put out because like, <laughs> but... I'm not going to be happy about it. So. <laughs> there better be some wine and appetizers involved, all right? Lots yeah. of wine. As long as the door stays open, I'd probably be okay. If they're like, okay, now we let... You know how there's like those theme restaurants where they're like, yeah. now we close the door. Now you eat in the dark. No. Nope, that's not going to happen. No matokas. No matokas, my pizza. Yeah, oh, God. Oh, or my yeah, drink. Take the with me. I'm not yeah. concerned, but like, absolutely not. All right, for some crazy reason, the six of us decided to cram into one of those solitary confinement cells and we were laughing and making jokes. Now, after a few minutes, we decided to leave. So one by one, we exited the cell. I was the last person to leave. Before leaving the cell, I was compelled to pause and just, mm. just stand there. I thought to myself, what an awful place to be stuck in and turned to leave when suddenly someone grabbed the strap of my shoulder bag and gave it a strong hug don't touch my purse do not, not touch my purse. purse no thank you now i turned back to see what my purse had gotten caught on and there was nothing for it to catch on i was at least two feet from the chair and two feet from the wall and there was nothing no. for my purse strap to catch on i let out a big scream and my friends who by this time were outside great friends great friends right. of the restaurant <laughs> came running in the back entrance. Everyone was talking at once, asking me what had happened, and my mouth was so dry I could barely get the words out. Something grabbed my purse strap. Something grabbed my purse strap. And I remember that I was cold and needed to get outside in the sunshine. Definitely something grabbed your purse strap, girl. They wanted that chapstick, the saying. When you need chapstick, that is a desperate time. Yeah, I carry chapstick, my wallet, and at times little packets of El Tapatio because I got hot sauce yeah. in my bag. You know, yeah. you need that. You never know. Everyone was talking at once, asking me um, what had happened, and my mouth was so dry that I could barely get the words out. And I said, something grabbed my purse. And I remember I was cold and needed to get outside in the sunshine. Once outside, I kept mumbling that I couldn't believe what had just happened. I said, we have to eat here. We had to wait. <laughs> okay. <laughs> this is so me in a scenario. <laughs> we must eat here and have dessert here and just sit There's around. McDonald's, <laughs> like right across the street. We can just go to McDonald's. No, no, no. If you're not safe in a McDonald's, then where are you safe at? 
True. Now, we had to wait for the restaurant to open, so we walked up the block and did some window shopping to kill some time. Great way to decompress what you just experienced, a little mm. shopping. Now, when it was time, we returned to the Bastille for lunch. That's the name of the restaurant, the Bastille. Uh, we were seated in a large center room that was originally the mess hall for the prisoners, and we sat at a large wooden table, and the waitress took our drink orders. Now, several of us ordered iced tea. Our drinks were placed on the table. I was sitting with my arms folded across my chest before I had the chance to unfold my arms. The lemon garnish from my iced tea floated up in the air, hovered, and then slammed down on the table. Everybody saw it. We all sat there stunned. I said, did, did, you, just, did you just see that? Everyone very excitingly uh, uh. confirms that yes, indeed, they did see this. Oh did God. I touch it? <laughs> did I touch it? Everyone was very uh, excited um, and confirmed that no, I did not touch that lemon. Our waitress heard the commotion, came over to investigate. I continued to sit there with my arms crossed. I didn't really want to touch my iced tea. Everyone else told the waitress about my two encounters. She looked at me and said, they really like you. I don't even remember what I ate that day, but I sure do remember that day. LOL. They would. Okay, listen, if you're going to touch my lemon wedge and my purse, you're buying me my lunch and my drinks. Right. Jesus. Ghost. I know. Pick, pick up the tab. <laughs> the lemon. <laughs> that is so creepy. I know. And for her friends to have witnessed that happening. Right. Yeah. yeah. It clearly wanted to be seen because otherwise, like, why would it have waited i feel like it would have waited until there was like less people like if the whole mm -hmm. group of them is like you would oh god that's so creepy leave <laughs> my drink alone i would now would you have asked the waitress for another iced tea i mean i have a lot of family in the south so we take like sweet tea pretty fucking seriously so i probably would have still drank it to be honest just because like me too you don't waste tea. I know. I like to spill but, the tea, but we don't waste it. <laughs> yeah, but like, oh, I don't know. That's so creepy. That is creepy. But I'm glad that she had a lot of witnesses and a lot of, right. you know, the restaurant workers confirming that these are things that happen on a daily basis. And for a jail like that, especially like what is imprinted in there, especially in solitary confinement. I mean, uh, of course, something's going to reach out and try to grab you. I am like Literally. terrified. And I find the penal system totally works for me as a deterrent. I think solitary seems to be just about the most terrifying, inhumane, like cruel. Mm -hmm. Like, oh my God, those like horror stories where you're like, I was left in solitary and they forgot I was there and I almost starved to death. Like, I'm sorry. What? Like, yeah. Yeah, that's. It's fucking terrible. Especially when I read stories about like Eastern, um, what is it, Eastern State Penitentiary in the East Coast, and then I read about you know um, Alcatraz. Yep. I mean, how they treated their prisoners there. It's 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 insane. It's crazy. Of course, something's yeah. going to be left behind and imprinted there. Well, who else could be? Yeah. And I'm sure a lot of these jailers um, at the time, these prisoners were male, so they see a couple cute girls, and they're like, "Oh my god, I found it." They're like, "Hey, bro, watch this. I'm gonna grab her purse. Watch this." Oh my god. You know. So, yeah. yeah. They also, should have prompted part of their bill, at least. <laughs> I feel like working at a restaurant is already, like, 
bad enough. I hate the food service industry. I'm like particularly bad at it. If you all have ever seen that movie Waiting, there's like the one <gasps> kid like, oh my god, yeah. That sounds great. And then she goes back, she's like, blah, blah, blah. like you're, that is me. <laughs> Without exaggeration to a T. I'm like, thanks for coming. Like, what a great experience. And then like the second they leave, I'm like, I hate everybody. So I already <laughs> hate food service. You start like yeah. I'm sure the staff, if they all have stories within the first two weeks, like, can you just not, like, mess with my flow? I'm already in the weeds. I need my cup of ranch for table two. Like, please stop messing with me. I know, girl. You know, my first restaurant job was working as a hostess at a Cracker Barrel. (laughs) Never again. Oh, God, I love Cracker Uh, Barrel so much. I learned to loathe it for several months, but you know, them chicken and dumplings make you come back for sure. That's what but I always to get, yes, yes I know, so right? Good. They're so good, and I would always smell like them coming home. But I was working when was it when I was a junior in high school, and I was only working there for six months because I wanted to save money to go to Europe. And I was like, it's just temporary, it's just temporary. I'm ready to right. go. That's I'm ready to go. When I would see the church groups on Sundays coming in, I'm like, oh boy, we got a tabletop of 28 and another one of 35. (laughs) And also, like, not to be super inflammatory, but like, whatever, it's Sunday, like, doing it. Church Mm -hmm. crowd, after church, Sunday church crowd are the worst tippers. Like, y'all want to come and talk about, like, your testimony, and then you're going to be a bad tipper and, like, rude to the servers? That's not what makes baby Jesus happy. I don't know what to tell you, but y'all no. need to get that figured out. Mm-hmm. And my grandparents used to do the thing to my shoe. Like, I was so embarrassed. They would, instead of doing the tip, they would put, like, a Bible tract hidden. <gasps> oh, no. <laughs> I think, sometimes I think my grandpa would put the tip in the Bible tract. So at least he still left money. But, like, oh, grandpa, no, don't do that. <laughs> Oh, no. Yeah. Oh, you, your grandpa was one of them. I think someone did do that to one of our servers when I was working there. To you, yeah. Yeah. Oh, but never again. I appreciate everyone in the service industry. I really do, because I worked, I cried a few, quite a few restaurants during my time, but I never served. I I always wanted just to be the hostess, but still being a hostess is a job. It is. It all sucks. The worst was when I was at a restaurant when I was in school because I went to Christian University and then they would mm-hmm. come and be rude at the restaurant. I'm like, I'm in class with you tomorrow. Like, I will see you tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Ugh, super. Do annoying. not sit in front of me. Do not. Yeah, I know. Do not sit in front of me. I'll, I'll oh, make sure I be smacking my gun by your ear. Service anymore because I'm really bad at it. <laughs> Especially not here in LA. Girl. Imagine. Yeah. Um, I'm sorry, but my sandwich tastes like gluten, and I specifically God. didn't ask for gluten. Bless. All right, so Bryce has another one yes, to read. Let's so this see. is from Denise. Hey, girl. Um, and she says, hi there. Hi. I have a few stories to tell you, and I hope you enjoy. I guarantee you will. This takes place when I was in my early 20s. I had gone to the Key Club in Hollywood with a group of friends to watch a band oh. play. Right. (laughs) We're all drinking and enjoying ourselves like typical 20 year olds in the before time. It was around 1.30 a.m. and we started to head out. My buddies wanted to take me home, but I was like, nope, I'm not leaving my car in Hollywood overnight. That is that. I feel like (laughs) a horrible. 
I know I'm getting like like repercussions memories all of a sudden. Before Lyft and Uber, it was like a war zone. It was like, where are you gonna get your car? Who's like who's gonna drive it? Like, oh my god, this is a nightmare. Just to give, <laughs> just to give you an idea, I was semi plastered, but sober enough to walk a line with no problems, girl, I feel. So they mm-hmm. followed me onto the freeway just to make sure I was okay. <laughs> okay, you're on the freeway, you're fine. As I was driving toward the on-ramp, I looked in my rear-view mirror. Oh, my God. No. Come on. You I look in my rear-view mirror and see this little old lady in my back seat. <laughs> I did one of those double takes for a second. Now, to give you a better picture, she was solid. and I couldn't see through her at all. She had long, curly hair, a purple and white dress with a shawl wrapped around her. She was just... Oh, my God. She was mm-hmm. just smiling at me, and I said, hello. She replied, hi, sweetie. You talked to her? Oh, my God. I'm, Game I, prices, I, I would have wrecked my car. Oh, my God. I was like, when did she get in my car? So that's your first question. Okay. So after she needed a ride home and she said yes, what? Denise invented Uber. That is a fact. (laughs) So I just jumped on the freeway and started heading home. What? Oh, my God. I began asking her questions to try and figure out where she needed to go. I asked her what she was doing out in Hollywood this late. She replied she was lost, but she saw me and I looked kind and she got into my car. I... Oh, God. I was like, um, okay, now don't get me wrong. This is strange, but she didn't scare me at all. Oh, okay. (laughs) I asked her if she wanted me to call her family and let them know that I was taking her home. She said, no, they... Oh, oh my God. She said, no, they already knew. Uh, okay, I said. (laughs) I proceeded to ask if she was hungry or thirsty and that I would stop and get her something. Oh, that's sweet. I would have kicked her out of my car as I was driving. So, like, good for you, Denise. Like, (laughs) Um, she said no, and then she started to ask me questions. I got to where the, uh, this is such an L.A. thing. I got to where the 60 and the 605 freeways meet. I know exactly <laughs> where it is. And asked her where to go, and she told me to get off on Valley Boulevard, but just turn, but don't turn, just go straight. I was like, oh, I live that way. Oh, God. I continued to drive, and I passed a church, and she started to tell me, that she had gotten married at and her kids were baptized and married there also. I told her I went to school there and she said, I know. Oh my God. Oh my God. And I was like, what the fuck? Same girl. I was approaching my street and asked her where to go next. And I got no reply. I looked in my rear view mirror and she was gone. What? I was like, um, what the fuck? Same. So the next morning I walk out to my car and noticed. Th- yeah. Yeah. I think she just has to burn her car. So the next morning, I walk out to my car and notice the seatbelt was buckled and the shawl was in the back seat. I called my friends and asked which of them left it in my car and said I drove home alone. Every... What? Every so often, I see the little old lady in my back seat smiling at me. What? Hola, niño! I know. I'm trying to get your like facial expression right now. <laughs> I I am already terrified of someone hiding in the back seat to murder me. So like <laughs> I don't care if it's like a little purple old lady or not. Like no. Oh my god. What? 
<laughs> also, just being like, oh, yeah, I went to school there. I know. I'm sorry. What? Oh, my God. <laughs> Denise, you have a stalker. Yeah, it's a nice old lovely lady. But also, what was she doing in West Hollywood in the first place? Like, why is the old lady in West Hollywood get it? <laughs> it's like, I'm going to go party, too. Okay. <laughs> Oh my and god! Definitely in Boy Scout. I know. Girl, I know. I know what's up, Denise. Mm-hmm. I honestly think you need to consider burning your car. I I don't know, girl. <laughs> that is crazy. And you still just see her? Oh my god! How do you not crash your car? I'm like, I don't want to lose my mind. Okay. Well, good for you, Denise. You're nicer and calmer than me. So way to go. You would have left your car in the freeway. Oh, hundred percent. Like, no, this is God's now. He can have it. I'm done. <laughs> Jesus no. can take the wheel from here. I'm ready to go. He I'm ready to dip. Home. I know. What Ugh. if it wasn't an old lady that she picked up in West Hollywood? What if it was like Polly Shore or something? Oh my God. I don't know. Like, oh. <laughs> hey. I'm hungry and I'm thirsty now. Yeah. Do you want some chicken nuggets? Like, what do you want? No, there's McDonald's or an In-N-Out somewhere around here. Okay, there's a probably honestly, a... if I come back as a ghost, I would hope that someone would offer me chicken nuggets. So, <laughs> you, Denise, that's really sweet. Good for that you. That is very, very sweet. There are good people in Hollywood. There are good people in Hollywood leaving the Key Club. <laughs> yeah, there's a few. You're right. There's a few. There's a few of them. There's a few of them. Have you ever gone to Key Club before, or gone to where? To Key Club before? I don't know where that's at. That's off of, uh, I think it's off of Sunset and Hollywood Boulevard. I think. I'm googling it. Yeah, I think I've seen a show there. Well, here's the thing, because I am not a classy lady. Uh, <laughs> sometimes I do this thing in before COVID and all of that. Oh, it's over mm-hmm. by Boa. Yeah, I know where this is. Yeah. At. Um, but sometimes I do this thing where I will walk into somewhere and be like, why am I having like weird deja vu? Like, why do I feel like I've been here? And it's like, oh, mm-hmm. you have been here. You passed out and you don't remember it. So there this is what go. happens um, when you have problems with alcohol. You don't remember mm-hmm. a lot of your dreams. So, um, oh, it's permanently closed. That's really sad. I know. Nothing survives around there. Girl, so I've been surprised always. I've been listening to um, Race Chasers, which is the Alaska and Willem podcast that talks about um, the, all the episodes of RuPaul. It's, like, mm-hmm. super funny, and I love RuPaul's Drag Race, so it's, like, I just listen to it, like, in the background or whatever. And recently, uh, they they have a spinoff podcast with uh, Raja and Delta Work, so all these, like, Southern California queens, basically. Oh, wow. And they've been talking about all the clubs that are closing down. And it's so sad. Like, I don't even go out. And I didn't before COVID. You know me. I'm already in bed by, like, 8 o'clock anyway. But when I first moved here, uh, you know, everyone kind of does the same thing when they move to Hollywood. Like, you really go out pretty hard. Because you're here. (laughs) And it's like, you're kind of supposed to. And it's fun. Oh, yeah. So, like, all these clubs, like, Rage, all those clubs right down there on Santa Monica are like closing, closing. And no. It's just sad. And like the thing that sucks is that I was only here. So I moved to LA in 2010. So I'm like a late LA adopter. And yet, even in the 10 years that I've been here, the sort of like low key gentrification of West Hollywood from like these sort of hole in the wall gay bar 
scene kid kind of places that by then had already super gentrified. Like they talk about it like during like the 90s. It was a completely different scene. But even from 2010 to now, it's like Lisa Vanderpump and this conglomerate guy who like owns between the two of them. They literally own the entire strip of West Hollywood. And it's just like it's just so sad. And like, you know, I'm not trying to come for anybody like I've been to pump. I went with a friend and like it's a nice restaurant I'm not bashing anyone for, like, watching reality TV. I love shitty reality TV. But it's just, like, it just sucks that, like, that's kind of the direction. It's, like, these two uber-wealthy people own everything. And, like, local club owners, like, kind of don't exist. And the community no. doesn't feel or look the same. And now, obviously, like, we can't control a pandemic. And now we're losing these, like, garbage landmarks. I'm not trying to say that, like, Rage is this, like, amazing beautiful thing but there is so much like nostalgia like musical mondays and like all these incredible memories that i have it's like how i met my roommate was at rage like we were in school together but like that first night when we went out like a bunch of people hooked up and we're like okay well like i'm gay and you're straight and let's just like party (laughs) and dance and it was like the start of our friendship and now like the place that we met doesn't even exist anymore it's just so sad oh i know I know. I remember, like, I used to live in West Hollywood. I used to yeah. know all those bars. And I remember the pickup line. There was that little, yeah. it was like a little bus that would pick you up from the end of, I think it was, Best. oh, yeah, by Doheny and Santa Monica. And it will take you all the way down, kind of close to, oh, my God, where, 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 like, to, like, Coldwater Canyon, all yes. the way over there. Yeah. And it would stop at all these amazing, like, local bars. Like, you'll go from the ritzy places, like, all the way there in the heart of WeHo to, like, the end of, like, close to Coldwater Canyon. So, Girl, you start getting yeah. to that end, you're like, oh. I know you're like, oh. but now it's like you can't even recognize it. There's yeah. new, newer but bars so around like there. Golden Hour and the Timeout, I think, and Tiger Heat and Rage. And it's just, like... It's just such a silly thing to care about when people are dying. Like, I know that there are much more important issues. I'm not trying to make this, like, this is the worst thing that's been lost. But it's just, like, one more thing that's, like, damn. Like, really nothing is safe from this. And, like, we just keep not taking it seriously. And it keeps going longer and longer. And, like, the things that we lose are, like the best parts of being human you know is like connection and like the ability to like be with each other and like the longer we don't take this seriously the longer that we will continue to lose these things it just sucks yeah I know I know how how it feels because that's how I was like when I went back to New Orleans after Katrina we lost so many great things and it was just hard for that connection again for us to you know come together as a city and and go back to a normal it was it took a lot of time and now it's like it's going through a weird gentrification it's it's yeah. very different there it's it's so like now people are living in Treme like spending 15 1800 on a studio in Treme when you that was uncalled yeah. for that was unheard of way back yeah. in the day so yeah it's it's definitely even different where, even where we live like this used to be where you and I live like where I yeah. live especially that used to be, like, the outskirts of North Hollywood. And it was like, oh, yeah. damn, you live in, like, the not good part of North Hollywood. And, you know, in some ways it's great. Like, I have a Trader Joe's down the street from me. Like, I love it. But <laughs> it's just, 
you know, you just have to go further and further out unless you're just uber wealthy. I mean, the place that I used to live, I couldn't afford an apartment there. Like all those high rises that are there now, like the six that they built right in a row. I oh, yeah. I can't afford it's, to live. It's really, it's it's really ridiculous. And, you yeah. know, I don't mean to, to jump the gun here, but even my husband and I, I know that we're Holly weird, but it's, it's, a, it's expensive to live in Holly weird. It's expensive to live in LA and we're thinking about looking outside of California and not to mention too, I just read that Jordan, the lion and yeah. Scott Michaels, Scott Michaels of dearly departed tours. He's moving to Palm to the Palm Springs area. Damn. He's moving out. He's getting out of LA because LA is just not, it really is different guys. I'm going to be honest with you. It's very different right now, especially with the pandemic. It's, it's not a great place to be right now. It really isn't. It's very heavy. The homeless population has tripled. It is really bad. I had to like put my citizen app on silent. I almost deleted yes. it, but I still check, you know, the updates of my hood. I had to like silence it for a week because it was just like notification after notification. Like shots are constantly fired. Someone keeps on brandishing a weapon. Um, there's been assaults. The rise in assaults lately have been very scary. But the mayor's cutting funding, yeah. <laughs> allocating it. I know. It's so not I mean, it's allocated to it's, anything. <laughs> it's scary, but I mean, if I do have to move, don't worry. Hollywood Paranormal is still going to yeah. go on. I mean, I it would be really good because we would have more money for me for both of us to travel again. Well, and that's <laughs> and, the thing. like we have the gift of living in the most technologically advanced society yeah. that's ever existed so even though you know it's sad and it's hard we are so more connected now I find that our connections are more important than ever before because you're you know you have to be intentional and you are only seeing each other on screen and well mm-hmm. huh, that was quite the tangent I don't care how bad it gets no old women better be in my backseat there you go what is the moral <laughs> of the story do not pick yes. up an old woman unless yeah. She's going to buy you some tacos from a taco truck or something. <laughs> or chicken nuggets. Or chicken nuggets right there. I might do that then. I might do it then. <laughs> We're going to go ahead and play uh, Jenny's recording. Love it. But I'll um, edit it into this video because I want our patrons to definitely listen to it. Now, this is uh, Jenny's story. She's based out of Los Angeles. And she talks about a house here that her and her family lived in. And this house had a very unusual presence. And what validates the fact that her and her family experienced this presence is the fact that a new family moved in after and they pretty much, you know, have the same experiences as her and her family did before. So it's really, really cool. We called this one the man in black. Okay, so my house was built in 1923 in South Central Los Angeles. And we moved there around... 1993 1994 no 93 because we were there for the 94 earthquake but there is a series of stories that happened to us that every single member of our family knew that there was something there you know every single person my mother my brother my stepdad my grandmama like we all knew something was going on visitors would talk about things that they had experienced in our home and we lived there for I want to say about 15 years and it's not like 
no paranormal stuff happens to you every day. It's not like that. It's just, you know, when you least expect it, it's like kind of sort of they're like, oh, well, we're here. You know, they make their presence known. And they did that with us. Um, and it was definitely the territory. It was the land. It was the entire territory because we later on built a house in the back of the front house. And, you know, I hoped that when we moved to the back house, we weren't going to experience anything else. And no, we we, we definitely still experience paranormal activities. Um, so here's just a couple from you know, some of the instances that happened to us. So I remember I was probably like 14 years old, maybe 13 in middle school. And I was in my room studying and I heard scratching in my door. So this was around 9 p.m. And I kept on hearing scratching at my door and I got really pissed because I thought it was my stepdad playing a prank on me. He always used to joke around with me. And, you know, I'm trying to study. I keep hearing it and I open the door. No one's there. Go to go to my parents' room and I go to my stepdad. Don't do that. You're scaring me. And he looked at me extremely puzzled. And my mom was like, what the fuck? Like, what's going on? And I looked at my stepdad and his like look of just complete confusion scared me even more. And I was like stop doing that you're scaring me you're scratching my door don't do that and he was completely confused he looked puzzled and he's like mija if i'm playing with you if i were scratching at your door i would tell you i was doing that let me tell you i've not left this room i did not scratch your door and my mom was just like yeah he's been here all along and i didn't want to believe that it wasn't him. Like I try to, I always try to rationalize anything that ever happened to me. So I just remember standing up straight and like this chill going down my body. And I'm just like, um, don't do it again. And like ran back to my bedroom, closed the doors, went under the covers. And, you know, I was just super spooked because he's like, I didn't do it. And, you know, just the look in his face, the, like like complete confusion like why am I accusing him of doing something was really what scared me and it's just like okay so he didn't do it and it was just us like my brothers wasn't weren't home and my grandma for sure was not going to do that and so it was um it was a very very scary moment um another incident that happened to us is when I was in my bedroom I was reading a book this was years later I think at this point, I'm probably like 18. I'm reading a book and you know that feeling when someone's sitting next to you and then, you know, when they when they leave your bed or when they leave the, the couch, you feel like the that weight of that presence kind of sort of lifted. So I'm reading my book and I just all of a sudden felt like that, pre- like if someone was laying next to me and I just felt them get up out of the bed and like walk away and I froze I froze I tried to gain back my strength and like ran into my mom's bedroom you know I was like mom (laughs) you know um so that was very scary and it was always just tiny little instance things like that tiny little things like that that would happen 
You know, sometimes I would, I would be tying my shoe and my bed would move. Or, you know, I would be sleeping and it felt like someone was breathing down my, like right in front of my face. And that would wake me up and no one was around me. In, in fact, sometimes no one was even home. And I would run out of the house and I would call my mother, ask her where she was, tell her I'm not going back in that house until you come home. So it, it, it was a bunch of little things like that that happened to all of us. It was, you know, listening, like hearing voices or sometimes the swing outside when my brother was little would move. But I believe that the one that had the most awful experience was my little brother, my younger brother, who always, he was always just so scared always so scared and I asked him one day and I'm just like you know at this point he's already 13 and he's still asking me to go with him to go get water to the kitchen you know it would get dark and he'd always be like Jen can you go with me to the kitchen to go get water and I'm thinking like dude come on you're 13 so one day I asked him I'm like why are you always so scared why are you always asking me to go to the kitchen with you and he's just like Jen I'm gonna tell you the truth I see a man dressed all in black at the bottom of the stairs. And I didn't know what to say to him. You know, I was just like, oh. Like, it, it, it was just, I didn't know what to say. He said that he saw someone dressed all in black at the bottom of the stairs. And that is why he always asked me to go with him. And it, it was crazy because we moved out of the house. We ended up moving out of the house around 2008, 2009. The new tenants come and they last there for only, you know, two weeks. And one of the reasons was apparently my mom told me that their little girl, they had a little daughter about six years old and she would see things. She once, one of the nights she was crying up a storm because she's, she was sleeping in her room, which was what used to be my room and she saw that the whole room was on fire and then their little girl would always be crying and didn't want to go downstairs and when her parents asked her why don't you want to go downstairs the little girl told them because I see a man in the bottom of the stairs dressed all in black and when my mom told me that my entire body just I got this cold chill and I remembered my brother what my brother said and I told my mom, mom, you know, he, my brother's been telling me that he used to say the same person. And my mom tells me that to this day, now my brother still lives at home with them. He's 23. Uh, they say that to this day, even if it's a new, if it, it's a different home, it's a different place, that he still checks corners every time he's going to go downstairs. Just in case he sees a man dressed all in black. How do you feel, Bray? <laughs> what I really love about this story is when it's taking place here. I mean, South yeah. Los Angeles is a pretty lot. Like, it's a pretty, it's got, it's got a lot of history. It's a pretty old part yeah. of like LA. And at the same time, 
her family members notice this presence around right. the, the house. Right. Especially, yeah. So what makes it even more interesting is after they move, this new family moves in, and the little girl starts to see the man in black that's in the, the bottom so of the stairs. It's like corroboration. I don't think that you should ever doubt what you know to be true. So like yeah. I never want anyone to think like, oh, I saw this thing and I must be crazy or it must not be real. I think it's smart mm-hmm. to try and not get carried away right like right you turn the air conditioning on and all of a sudden you feel a cold breeze and you're like oh, it's a ghost like maybe don't make that jump right away maybe just like be willing to be wrong in a way but yeah when you know that there's not an explanation for what you're seeing mm-hmm. and then it's corroborated by a completely why would the second family make that up or how would they have known to describe the same thing. And again, I'm not saying that you like need other people's like validation, but for me as someone who's like a bit of a skeptic, an open-minded skeptic, I guess you could say, when I hear like two kinds of sources corroborating the same thing, I'm like, oh, well, that's definitely real. Like there's no way, why would the second family know to like make up the same thing? Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I mean, they didn't know them. That's the thing. Like, they right. that's so wonderful is that they didn't tell them anything. And they experienced the same thing. And what I really liked about her story in the very beginning, she's like, things happen, you know, and, mm-hmm. you know, they didn't happen quite frequently, but they did happen. And a lot of us did experience it. We knew that this was something out of the ordinary. And I like that. That's so raw and so genuine because people are like, I lived in a haunted house. And then it's like, did you just watch the movie The Conjuring and, you know, felt right. that you're experiencing <laughs> all this stuff? Yeah. When I... <laughs> On my TikTok, when I do lives, um, and guys, if you're not following me on Hollywood Paranormal or Haunted LA Girl, um, on my lives, I get a lot of people that go on there and they are just like, the door closed in front of me. I'm like, well, was there a breeze? Was there a window open? Like, I mean, was it, I mean, did it have a force? And they go off the tension. No, like, it's it's something evil. It's the it's a demon. It's a demon. I'm like, calm down. Like, it, there's an explanation for it. <laughs> I'm sure it's really nothing. I'm sure it really is the wind. Like, honestly, right. is there a window open? <gasps> oh, actually, yeah, the bathroom window's open and it is breezy. Okay, never mind, yeah. you know? <laughs> right. And so, like, yeah. The thing is, it's, it's easy to get swept up in, like, the excitement. Because uh-huh. oftentimes, I mean, we've been on a couple, um, I think about the the theater interview with Bridget, like, it was such a great interview and so fun yes. to have her there. But it was like in terms of actual activity, it was quite tame. Very, so, very tame. You know, yeah. that's just the the nature of the ball game is like you're not they're not on your schedule, right? Like mm-hmm. you don't get to dictate, like, okay, we're here now, like please show up. Sometimes they do and sometimes they don't. And almost always, even the stories that we had today. Sorry, my hair is like such a mess and I can't stop looking at it. That's okay, what it has a nice little, it has a nice, they're gonna, <laughs> get to all they're going to be like, it's all his hair, don't subscribe to our Patreon. Maybe I'm, but like all of our stories, so many people like, you know, I was not looking for it. I was the last one out. I was not even like in that mindset. Yes. It's that weird thing of like a watched pot. You know what I mean? Like it's almost when you're not expecting it, that it like snaps. And I it just think snaps, yeah. that's sort of the whole like, M.O., if you will. 
Oh, 100%. Because there are times where I'm in an investigation. I'm just, you know, minding my own business or checking my phone or not even in in the atmosphere right now. And it will just happen. Something will just happen uh-huh. around me or to me. And I'm like, well, I wasn't expecting that. And it sucks because, like, you're so prepared for it. You're trained to be prepared for it. Right. And But then when it happens, it's like you're processing it. You're like, what? Wait, what, what, what is that? You know, wait, totally. what is that? Yeah, that's what happened to me at Brackenfern when I saw, you know, yes. my first apparition. And at first I thought it was one of the men um, who was the husband of the psychic in their group. And I could have sworn I saw him across from me. But the way the figure like moved super close from the back of the corner of the room to in the front of my face. And it had like this golden silhouette of an outline. Uh-huh. And I could see the eyes and the nose and the mouth outlining. Uh-huh. I wasn't scared. I was just like, who are you getting into my face? Like, who yeah. are you? Get the fuck Hell out. out. And I like almost smacked him. I was like, bro, what, what is your problem? And I got up and I remember um, Chris August was like, are you okay? I'm like, who's in front of me? I was like, Dixie, is your husband in front of me? And he's, and he's like, no, I'm right. I'm, he was like on the opposite end of the room. And I'm like, I just saw something. I just saw a figure of a man and, and the guy behind me. Thank God. This EMT that was behind me. Um, he was like, Tammy, I saw it. I saw it. I'm like, tell right. me what you saw. Tell me what you saw. He's like, I saw a figure zip from that banister and straight to your face. <laughs> I was like, were you processing? He's like, yeah, I thought it was someone from the tour. I'm like, Isn't that, like, I anytime <laughs> I had like any kind of thing that I can't explain, it's like your brain is trying to catch up. Process it exactly. It, That's no, how it was. There's like no time where you're like, I'm ready. I've got like my Ghostbuster gun and I'm like kicking yeah. it in action. Like, no, it's like your brain is like trying to rational. Like, we're we are ultimately creatures of ration, and so it's yes. like order. And so our brain mm-hmm. is trying to like this thing that doesn't make sense. I'm gonna try and put a system of order on it, and it. it and then it's over and you're like, oh, shit, like that, that wasn't what I thought it was. I just couldn't process what I was seeing fast enough. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. I had my, my camera in my hand. I, you know, you're like, do I take it out? Like, but you don't think of those things. No, you know? I don't. Do you think, would you, two questions. Would sure. you. I assume I know this question. Answer. Would you move into a house that you already knew was haunted? Yes. Oh, yeah, I figured. <laughs> <laughs> why is this, why is this question? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, would you, if you were selling a house that was haunted, would you disclose it in, like, the process of selling it? I would disclose it in a way of telling the seller, or me, I mean, the buyer, um, yeah. hey, this house has an energy. You know, mm-hmm. there's a way to word it. If you just say, oh, it's haunted. Right. Um, but I guess if you have that vibe from that couple, you know, like, hey, are you into the unexplained? And if you know, you could tell, like, you you would know if someone's into this stuff. Like, you could flat out say, yeah, it's haunted. Um, but I mean, I would word it in a way where it's right. not so, <laughs> you know, so tacky. I guess, like, uh, I would just say, hey, uh, you know, this house has an energy. Things yeah. might happen, and that's it. You know, just ignore it. Um. And then go on. Go on with yeah, your bad I mean, self. That's a thing. Oh, I got, I got a ghost story for you guys. And you too. A little one. So, um, yeah. Speaking of homes with activity. So, you guys remember my sister Ashley, right? 
Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so she moved from New Orleans. And if you guys remember the Greystone Manor episode, she had experiences and then she goes into her experiences in her home in New Orleans. Well, she moves into this beautiful old Queen Anne Victorian in Albany with her husband and her okay. son. And I was asking her, I'm like, is, of course, you know, I'm going to ask her, is it haunted? Because the house was built in 1889. Right. She's like, there is something here and I could definitely sense it. It's not as bad as you think. Yeah, so apparently the house was, it belonged to an older couple, and then it was sold to another family. My sister has, you know, a little baby boy, mm-hmm. and and he's sweet as can be. I think he's, like, almost two right now. And, of course, there are times where he kind of looks in certain areas, and he starts to laugh. Oh, yes. <laughs> it's so creepy. Yes, and my sister, as we know, she's very sensitive. She's, uh, you know, at the same time, she's, you know, she's very much clairsentient, and um, she has a strong sense in that ability. And she's like, Tammy, there are times where I I feel a presence here. And I'm like, what do you feel? And she's like, I feel like an older woman. And I asked her, I'm like, well, who has passed in the house? She's mm-hmm. like, well, no one has passed in the house. You know, I, I saw the history. I know there's a family that lived here, but they, you know, they had their children, their children went to college, they moved. And then I know that there was an older couple that lived here prior before them. And they lived here a long, long time. They were the ones that added a lot of things to this house. Mm -hmm. So um, a couple of days later, we talked again and I asked her, so have you felt anything else? She's like, a little bit here and there, but it's a very positive energy. And I feel like it's mainly around Roman in a good way. Mm -hmm. That's her son. And I asked her, well, what have you found out? She's like, well, I found out that the older woman that lived here, she loved children. She absolutely loved children. And um, the kids in the neighborhood knew her because she was so sweet to everyone. Like she loved kids. So it makes sense that I would feel her presence here. And it makes sense why Roman would start to (coughs) see would start to see things, you know, in certain areas of the house where she couldn't see them. So she's like, yeah, I would just get this, this vibe. Like it's a re like, it's like someone visiting and checking in on things. And then they notice, you know, my baby boy and they're like, Oh, okay, here let's play, you know? So it's, it's very interesting that she feels that and she senses that. And then for, you know, her son to kind of look into places that um, she's thinking, is she look, is, is the dog there or, is there someone standing there? And there's no one standing there. You know, he's just oh, looking. <laughs> yes. And as we know, children have right. a very, you know, sensitive ability to see these things because they're told that these things don't exist, you know. Right. And um, and their their nice brains are sort of a positive, like checking in. I know. Yeah. So I, I was very happy to hear that it was something very positive and that it wasn't something negative, but she felt it, you know, and it val- it, it's validated that, you know, it was an older woman and she feels like it's this woman that, you know, she comes and visits, like she's checking in on things. Yeah. Yeah. Because she's like, yeah, they, I mean, the older couple that lived here way before, like they really took care of the house. Like they added a lot of amazing things. Like you could tell, like they poured yeah. a lot of themselves and love into this house. So made a lot of sense Damn. So there you go that's a little I mean, a little look, late story it's hard in quarantine you got to do what you got to do to get a nanny so like yeah <laughs> it's a ghost nanny Fuck it. done done you just saved me fifteen hundred dollars a month Girl. right there 
that's so yeah tea. yeah that is that's true yeah. but yeah good for her that you know she has a little nanny goat that comes by and checks in on everything yeah so. I mean, it's nice because your sister since she's someone who kind of knows what to feel and like what she's you know she's confident in her own feelings she kind of is not caught off guard and yeah but it's really funny because she um (laughs) she was looking at another queen ant and i think they almost bought it they were like they almost grabbed it but something happened in the process when you buy a home in new york guys it's very difficult that's all i'm gonna say it is a different ball game my sister and her husband man they just wanted to live and buy a house there and it was so difficult for them um, but she almost bought this house and she even got Zachariah to get involved. Like she, sh- I think <laughs> she showed Zachariah a picture of the house and she's like, can you read this? He's like, there's nothing there. I'm not getting anything. She's like, good. Okay, great. We're all great. <laughs> Hilarious. And it, cause the house was super old and it had a very creepy servants quarters. Like it was a huge, beautiful Queen Anne. It was another one. And uh, it had a lot of problems. So it was a good thing that she didn't move into that house. But still, did it have the potential to be haunted? Quite possibly. And I say always grab a, you know, intuitive person, grab a medium, show them pictures. Zachariah and Peyton on like speed dial. I'm like, look at I know. This, look at this picture. They're like, can you please stop calling us? Thank you. Okay, bye. <laughs> I know. I'm gonna tell my agent I, I need to grab my medium friend on the phone. Yeah, right. I need to grab my friend on the phone. Can you speak? Can you please talk to Zachary the witch, please? Thank you. Yeah. Bye. <laughs> mm-hmm. But yeah, she's happy now, and um, yeah. So the answer to your question is yes and yes. <laughs> yeah, I mean that's the thing. Is like I think you know all it is is just communication. Ultimately, is like, hey, this house has these like weird things. Like, what are you gonna do? You know? Yeah. Absolutely. So, yeah, I mean, definitely I would be like, yes, and yes, it has a vibe, a vibe. So that's all I'm going to leave it there. Yeah. Hilarious. What about you? <laughs> would you live in a haunted house? Uh, I mean. If they're going to pay half of the mortgage. Yeah, it, honestly, the, the hardest part to believe of that whole scenario would be that I would ever be rich enough to have a house. So, like, I, I don't know. Sure, maybe. <laughs> Is someone giving me a house? Yeah, I'll live wherever they want. I don't care. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> now, if, if the house was being sold and you knew it's haunted, what would you tell the new buyers? Um, <laughs> I, w- I would, yeah, I would disclose it. You know, I would too. I think, like, it's that same kind of thing. Like, if someone's murdered there, if someone is haunting it, if there's, like, rust in the pipes, like, you should be forthright. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You don't want someone to feel like you tricked them. So, yeah, I would definitely disclose it. Uh, right. If I would live there, that's a tough one. I don't know. Probably. I mean, I work <laughs> I'll rent it out as an Airbnb. That, there you go. Yeah, exactly. Like, I work <laughs> in theaters that are haunted, so. I would like to see that. I think that would be a series. Yeah. Right. Just, you know, <laughs> constantly. Look, as long as they let me sleep, then I'm probably fine. If they're, like, waking me up at night, that one's not Oh, gonna... boy. Yeah. They'll be moving out before you do if you in you know interrupt Bryce's sleep. A hundred, you, I will exercise that right out. Like, <laughs> thank you, thank you. No, I'm not here for that. None of this. Like, I woke up at three a.m. with like a pressure on my chest. I'm gonna stop you right there. No. Well, there you have it, guys. This is our I'm listeners. <laughs> 
I know I love this I love this I love the banter and I love reading your stories and we love scaring Bryce with the stories and I love it when we get audio from you guys so if you have patron um or patreon I'm sorry I keep on mispronouncing that I'm the CEO or mispronouncing words and names um if you have patreon and um you're interested then go to www.patreon.com forward slash hollywoodparanormal.com and for as little as one dollar or more per month, you can be a part of our, you know, Patreon community. You get mm. admission into our secret podcast society of Saturday Night Ghost Club. Nice. I haven't uploaded any stories because I hear the stories, and then I I ask these individuals, "Hey, can I record it?" And they're like, "No." Look, um, I have a I really can, juicy one. If mm-hmm. I can listen to my voice on recording, so can you. So okay, there you go. I have a really great one. Oops, sorry. I have a really great one from um, from a neighbor of mine who uh, did an investigation at the Washoe Club. So that one's supposed oh. to be really good. I'm trying to work on it with her. She's like, my memory is just a little frazzled. I need to write it down. So yeah. that one would be a good one. That will be saved for Saturday Night Ghost Club. Ew. Also, we'll be... Um, we'll be posting more of these videos guys of our skype one of our members asked if we could start doing that as another incentive and i thought that was a really right, great idea I yeah so if you want to see bryce and his facial expressions guys you're able to do so if you sign up for patreon thank you so <laughs> so much i'm gonna open up our patreon real quick because we have a couple of thank yous in <laughs> motion right now so we have a couple of new pledges we're going to say a huge, huge thank you to Seth Beast, to Martha V. Gonzalez, mm. and to Nikki. Thank you guys so, so much for your donations and signing oh. up. Thank you guys so, so much. Um, Denise Shea for editing her monthly pledge from $2 to $3. Thank you. Thank you so, so much. We really do appreciate it. And um, please email me if I haven't, or if you haven't received your goodies, or if you haven't sent your address for us to send your Hollywood goodies. But part of your pledge, your gifted stickers, magnets, pins, and a cute little card, and a big thank you from all of us. It's the least that we can do for you guys. And of course, we got these little cool Hollywood coasters to rest your iced coffee on Mm. as well. So definitely, definitely. Go check that out. And if you feel like if you want to make a pledge for that one month, you're like, hey, I want to donate a dollar for the month of like what, January? You can. If you want to delete it or edit it, you're more welcome to do so. A little does go a long way. And we really, truly appreciate you guys 100%. Thank you so much. Mm -hmm. Uh Yeah. We, We adore you. We really do. And we love chatting with you online. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. Well, we are going to exit. I'm going to grab more coffee with my husband and play with my dog, Bryce. What are you going to be doing for the rest of your Sunday? I'm going to grab uh, coffee with my husband and play with my dog. Um, (laughs) (laughs) No. Girl, you'd be so proud. I'm down to one cup a day. Are you okay? I phased it out because I was like, I can't get a migraine. But I was drinking like four Trentas a day. A girl. Yeah, it's like stress drinking coffee. So I was like, okay, I need to like maybe cut this back a little bit. So yeah, I'm drinking like one cup a day. And like, not like a, like a, a mug, like a one <gasps> mug. I know. 
The day that you stop drinking coffee would be the day that the world stops, Bryce. I don't think I can or stop, stop moving. Okay, good. It's too social for me. Like, I just like it. It's just mm-hmm. that when I'm drinking so much, I'm like, why am I an anxious, weepy mess? Like, oh, well, maybe <laughs> you should have like 16 milligrams of caffeine a day. I don't know. Yes. <laughs> Moderation. <laughs> well, thank you guys so much. Yes, thank you. And uh-huh. thank you for tuning in and listening to our banter and listening to these stories. If you have a story of your own that you yes. want to share with us, we always accept them. We always save them um, once every four to five months before mm-hmm. we do, you know, another listener's tale. We love for you to send them. You could send them via audio or you could type it. You could send it over to hollyweirdparanormal at gmail.com. You could do what Jenny did. She just recorded her star- story or her voice memo on her phone. She saved it and emailed it to us. It's really awesome. I love it when you guys do that because I love listening to your voices. And I put a voice with your face on your no. profile and it's yeah. amazing. <laughs> so thank you. And also if you have TikTok, be sure to follow us at Hollywood Paranormal. Yes. We do separate series. I've been doing series on um, individuals of uh, the Latinx community. So we recently yes. did one of Richie Valens, Selena, and Jenny Rivera. Um, yeah, the Selena series that I did on TikTok is getting a lot of traction now, now that the Netflix series just right. came out. Right, oh my god, right. And people are really disappointed with it. They're really disappointed. I'm a little indifferent with it. I just, I'm a little indifferent because I would have loved to have seen the version of Chris, her husband, Chris Perez, because he was originally supposed to do a series of their love of their, you know, interaction, their relationship together. Wow. And something happened and that couldn't move forward. So it's yeah. The way. Yeah, but um I think they did a decent job. They did an okay job. Um so yeah, but I think we did a better job on our TikTok. So just saying. Send All right, guys. <laughs> Send us your and yeah, Selena picks your bitty bitty bum bum picks. All right, guys, take care. Much love. And always remember to stay Holly Weird. Bryce, do you have anything you want to say? Bye. Bing. Bye, guys. <laughs> <laughs> take care of yourselves. And much love. Another huge thank you to all of our listeners who submitted their stories. Thank you so much. We really do appreciate it. Bryce, not so much. But we love getting a good scare out of him. Have a story that you want to share for our next listener's tales? Then do so by sending it over to hollyweirdparanormal at gmail.com. If you love to stalk our Instagram or our Facebook, then you can find us at hollyweirdparanormal, Twitter at HWP Podcast, TikTok at hollyweirdparanormal, and of course, you can stalk us on our website at www.hollyweirdparanormal.com. There you can get caught up with our past episodes and seasons. You can also read our bios and also shop at our store. We do have a little merch store that is attached to our website there. And you can discover new ways where you can listen to our podcast, of course. If you have a minute or two to spare, please be sure to subscribe, rate, and review our podcast on Apple iTunes. It really does help us indie podcasters out. It helps us become a little more visible. If you don't have Apple Podcasts, then you can definitely tune into our podcast on CastBox, Deezer, Blueberry.net, Google Play, and also Spotify and iHeartRadio or wherever you get your podcast fix. 
All right, friends, till next time, be sure to take care of yourselves, keep yourself safe, and most of all, stay Hollyweird. Till next time, friends, take care.